0: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live here, brought to you by Coors Light, as always seen on Giants.com. The number, as always, is 201-939-4513. At the controls, the very lovely Nicole Barrows taking care of us. To my left, the two-time Super Bowl champion, David Deal. I'm Russ Salzberg, and you, the fans. And David, it's a nice
1: Wednesday. It is.
0: as. The saying goes, nothing beats vitamin
1: W. I don't care. Winning cures all. Everything. My goodness. And and here we are sitting here, which is is truly unbelievable. I can't believe it's week 16 already. I mean, really. I mean, granted, it has been tough to go through the nine straight weeks that we went to to get the win up against the Miami Dolphins last week. But even having said that, it's just amazing how fast each season really goes by.
0: You, you know, we always talk about, you know,
1: wow. Thanksgiving came and went. It's
0: Christmas next yeah. week, but you're right. The football season, we got, you know, well, unfortunately for the Giants, you got two, week, yeah. two weeks Two left, weeks left. And, and that's it, but you're right. It, it just, uh, you know, for a season that we've had far more losses than we
1: would have wished for, mm-hmm. um, nonetheless, we, we're here. I mean. It just, and, and that's the one thing that you realize compared to any other sport. 17 weeks, that's all you have guaranteed to you in your season, and with two games left for this New York Giants team going on the road to Washington, this is going to be a great test for them to go on the road to finish their last road game and to go into the 2020 season feeling positive about the things that they accomplished at the end of the year. Like we said, granted, nobody wanted the Giants team to be at this situation where they're at currently with two games left and not a fighting chance to get into the playoffs, but there are still things that can be learned and dealt with in these last two games that can bode well for this Giants team in the future. You, you just said
0: something to me that's a mouthful. And I, I think people don't look at it, oh, well, you know, who cares? So if they win the next two games, so they're going to be 5-11. and 11. Talking to the guys, I, I just finished talking with that. Just finished talking with Saquon Barkley. They're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it as wait a minute. There's two games. The, the, there's two games left. We want to feel good. First of all, we want to win the games for yes. this season. We that's wanna what you're en- paid
1: to do to we, win football games.
0: We want to end on a high note and then take it into next season. That's the attitude that they're taking. I don't think the, you know, fans might say, so uh, like like we had a call or two yesterday, almost in a facetious kidding around way. But, you know, I love the Giants, but you don't know, want them to lose, get the jab pick. That That's a loser's mentality. Haven't we
1: already realized that it's not about the number that you have, but the quality of player that you get at that position? I don't think people realize it. You I realize mean, it. I mean, that's that's the one thing that you continue to hear is, oh, well, we could have this number. Oh, we can have that number. It's not about just a number. It's about the quality and the caliber of player that you pick and select at that number and the impact that that player will have on a need that you have on your football team or that thing that's going to put
0: you over the top. 209, it's uh, 209, 201-939-4513. What do you say we open up the phone Let's do here, it, Dave, and head out to Long Island and check in with Sean. Hello, Sean. How are we doing today?
2: How you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, it was impressive to hear, David, that you did 27 internships. That was pretty uh, impressive thing to hear. <laughs> but <laughs> what I really wanted to ask about was um, the linebacking core, because you know a lot of people want to talk about many weaknesses on the team, but you know the linebacking core, you clearly see that you know even they're a step slow on almost like every play, and I think that's probably more of a detriment to the defense more so than even you know a young secondary.
0: I just remember one thing though Sean in fairness uh, Ryan Connolly w- was doing I would, yeah fabulous I-, I think that's a fair word yeah. he-, he was
2: oh I agree you
0: know so he gets hurt and I'll tell you another linebacker. I, I agree with you Paul Dettino and myself we were talking about it yesterday that yes you know depending who and what's available I think that's on um, the Giants shopping list you know, draft-wise or, or whatever, uh, free agent. But uh, you, X-Man, yep. Ziminez, the last couple of games with two and a half, three sacks, and, he,
2: you know, it's Oh, a, yeah, it, it, I think the outside linebackers have been doing well. For, for me, it's, I, I think it's more of the inside. Like, I, personally, you know, I've watched ne- decent amount of football, I'm nothing like either of you two. But, you know, I personally like a 4-3 scheme better just because I think it's you know, stops the run more efficiently. And uh, especially with the linebacking core, we have our middle linebackers have been letting everything through the middle. So it's almost you know it's like almost painful to watch sometimes because like as soon as the play starts, you know what's about to happen. Or it's a pass in the middle. Or once they get you know past the the defensive lineman, you're like, all right, well they're at least getting another seven eight yards now.
1: No, I, I, you know what, Sean, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. And this is something that, you know, I know that Russ, you and I have talked about this and I know the Giants fans have talked about it. Getting in that dog, that linebacker that we're used to seeing on the New York Giants team that not only can be the player that can fly around and have the run support, but moreover, a player that has the ability to get in coverage and help out with safeties or corners, whether it's up against elite running backs coming out of the backfield in the passing game or up against tight ends, which we've seen that most teams now don't only have, just don't have only one tight end. They have multiple that can do different things, that can create those one-on-one matchups up against the weakness that you may have defensively. So I completely understand where you're coming from, and I definitely see you know that being on one of the top Giants' priorities, being a linebacker a defensive end. And then also to aid this offensive line, you n- definitely need another tackle that can come in, compete and earn one of those positions. And then the other thing that we've always talked about bringing in another elite, big bodied receiver. You know, when you look yeah. at golden Tate and when you look at Sterling Shepard, they're unbelievable out of slot. They're great at creating those one-on-one matchups, but outside of Darius Slayton, there's no big 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", wide receivers that can win those 50-50 balls that have that range and radius to where Daniel Jones can put it up for that ball. Now, speaking, Sean, of uh, wide
0: receivers, he's not a wide receiver, but even though he plays like one sometimes. Uh, Evan Ingram. Evan, and yeah. Unfortunately, Evan's going to have surgery on Friday. Yeah, he's Friday. on
1: injured reserve, and yeah, he's having surgery on yeah, Friday, it's, so it's unfortunate. You know, that,
0: that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's very so unfortunate, so we, we, without a doubt. We wish him well coming back. You got any anything? anything? Anything else before we say goodbye, Sean?
2: Um, No, that's pretty much it, but I will ask one more thing quickly. Do you think Ryan Connolly can be a cover linebacker? I do really like him. and I liked every way he played, but I don't think that he would even, if they're going to keep running this style of defense, I don't even think he'd be the right fit to be the cover linebacker Since he, in my opinion, he would take, you know, Alec Ogletree's role of really taking over the defense and really just, you know, watching the run. And and with the new age of the NFL, being more of like a QB spy to, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. feel like you need two linebackers that
1: can do that. No, I, to be honest with you, Sean, the fair assessment of what you need interiorly on a 3-4 defense, you have to have at least three different linebackers that oh, wow. you can rotate in and out based upon what other types of schemes, what other type of groupings, or, or what other type of personnel the other team is coming out with and have a rotation of the interior guys. Usually the outside linebackers stay the same, but usually when it's third down or different things, that's where you can bring in a smaller cover linebacker compared to first and second down so that was one of the things that we knew coming in that the Giants unfortunately due to the injuries the lack of depth at the linebacker position really showed up when you're sitting there watching games on Sundays Uh,
0: thanks for the call Sean appreciate it buddy thank you you, Sean thank you let's go to the Bronx now and check in with CJ hello CJ how are we doing today you're on with Russ and David
3: good afternoon gentlemen how are you today
0: good what's going on buddy
3: Russ, um, and uh, Mr. Deal, I just want to take a moment to, um, Mr. Deal, just thank you very much for your service. Um, I'm not an old-school Giants fan, but growing up, I, I deemed and grew appreciation for all of the times, all of the wear and tear you was able to provide for us in order for us to cheer on our team. And I just want to thank you very much for your service. Thank you very much, CJ. But the one thing that I always
1: say is when people say to me, thank you for your service, I greatly appreciate it. But I'm not part of the military. You know what? You know, that's one thing that I've always (laughs) said, coming from a dad who was in the Air Force and served in two wars, I greatly appreciate that. But. Being on a football field and being on a battlefield are two completely different things.
0: I, I, I love the fact that you said that because as CJ, as you're saying that, and I, believe me, CJ, we know what you meant. Yeah, but but I just I just had to make that correction. It, 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 it's like I'm saying, and that's what a lot of people think. Like you know, and we use it in sports jargon all the time. It's a war. It's a war god forbid i hope none of those guys need to know about war you know like i i just i just watched an army navy game this past yes i I watched it yeah this this past saturday and um you know you know those young men go to war yeah you know there's a difference but you know i understand your point no but
1: i appreciate it greatly cj what do we got for you my man
3: all right, um, so as a fan, guys, um, there's just two quick points that I'd like to, to make really quickly. As a fan, not only do um, you know I take time to watch the Giants games, but I also try to follow closely what's going on around the league. And um, one of the things that I just wanted to bring up to you guys' attention is that um, there has been, throughout the course of the season, so many, you know, um, uh, surprising calls of of mismanagement of time or timeouts and stuff like that, and a lot of people, you know, looking at different teams and how they're structured and ran. Um, obviously, it's not like the Giants, but uh, for instance, I like to take an example like the Pittsburgh Pick, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now they're with their fourth string quarterback, and I believe they have an eight and six record at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of disappointing as a fan to see these type of things uh, coming from other teams when, you know, you you try to self and, you know, and and evaluate the team, which is the Giants. um, And it's kind of disappointing where we're standing right now. I mean, you know, going back to last year, those last four or five games of the year really gave me hope personally because I thought that we were, you know, heading in the right direction. Um, you know, we were able to make some some trades during the season. Uh, you know, folks was talking about culture and, and culture this and culture that, but you know, I, I don't necessarily know which in which direction this team is going in. I mean,
0: well, CJ, the, di- the the direction I think is is self explanatory uh, in, in terms of the direction that they they made a decision. Uh, whether you or I or David or Nicole here or anybody else liked it, they made a decision early on in the season, uh, two games in, this is the the direction we're going in. They went with a quarterback who they drafted in the first round who is a franchise quarterback. Uh, And that, to me, when they talk about a draft, there's nothing more important, especially if he's your first-round guy, a a first-round pick. I mean – to get that pick right. They got that pick right. They also went, I mean, did you see the defensive backfield this week? Valentine, Baker, um Love,
3: Beal.
1: I mean, they're you, kids. You beat me to it. Yeah, and, I, I, and I
3: and I completely ahead. understand that, guys. I mean, the the level of youth in this, you know, for our roster, you know, is 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 completely I, I completely understand that. Um I just feel I I don't necessarily know if it's more of a coaching thing where we're not getting the best or the most out of our players. I mean, there's some times where we do and see flashes, but it's not consistent and um you know, I played football a couple for a couple of years as a as a defensive back and you know um it goes back to my first point, you know, just thanking you know David for his service and stuff like that, but usually you start seeing some level of you know uh, growth or development and Daniel Jones has been exceptional. Uh, you know, as as the first round pick, number six round pick, I'm not complaining about that. But it just is it's just like mind boggling where you know we're trying to rebuild, but we're also looking to win. But then you know later on down the down the season, you know you you we're making moves that are a little head scratchers and. You know, I was all for Leonard Williams coming out, uh, coming over to the Giants. I was a huge, you know, when he first came out of the draft, I was hoping and praying for the Giants to, to pick him at first. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just a little confusing on the direction in which. Well, we, well wait a minute, he, 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 were,
0: CJ, oh. CJ, H- hang on a second. Explain yourself. Uh, y- you know, you, you mentioned Leonard Williams. What's wrong with Leonard Williams? Why is that Nothing a Nothing at all.
3: I think Leonard Williams. I think that. I think that. Um, you know, he produces the. Uh, you know, a considerable amount of pressure. Comparing it to the years of past, I mean, you know, the interior defensive linemen weren't really as. Um, you know, going after it. You know, comparing it to Leonard Williams now. I mean, I, I when I see the games, I see Leonard Williams if not you know disrupting plays or if not being part of what well, plays. You, you I, know,
0: CJ, C. you just said something and thank you for the call, but you used the word disruption. Yeah. I mean, that's what he is. Yeah. He, you know, David's brought this out a few times since, since he's been here, uh, Williams. So he's not a sack multiplier, sack exchange guy. He's a disruptor. He, Th- that's what he's doing. And along with... Calvin Tomlinson, who's playing, for lack of a better term, his
1: ass off. I mean, they're doing a lot of disrupting. And and think about it. The one thing that I said is is that everybody knows when you can get the quarterback off of the spot and when you can create pressure in the A and B gaps, it does a tremendous amount for your defense because, number one, it flushes either the quarterback right into the pressure or it flushes them back to where you get those two defensive ends running the arc. Prime example, we saw a pressure in the Philadelphia Eagles game by Leonard Williams where he split the left guard and the left tackle, and by getting that penetration and splitting Mm them, it turned into a natural twist in a game by the defensive end, by X-Man O'Shane Ziminis, to get a clear sack because of the pressure that Leonard Williams caused. So that's something that's imperative, and that's something that when we're moving forward here, when we're talking about this New York Giants football team, to make those moves and make the aggressive moves, I think that's something that's going to take place this offseason, considering the fact that the Giants are going to have close to $100 million in salary cap that they're going to be able to spend on top of it, the draft picks. And the thing that, that really, I've heard this comparison before, and I've heard it earlier this week about, well, you you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they were able to get to their third quarterback. That's good. Good, for, good luck. I'm that, not good. And, and, good and good that's for great. But then you also have to take into account That their defense has averaged two and a half takeaways a game, which is the most that they've had since 1996. They have 49 sacks this season, which ties for first. They were number one last year in sacks. They were number one the year before in sacks. So if they become number one this year, it's the first time since the NFL AFL merger since 1970 that a defense has led the NFL in sacks for three consecutive years. When you have a veteran defense and when you have that type of style of play on that side of the ball that are all veterans when you're looking over there, that's what aids having a young quarterback is because he's getting more opportunities because of the amount of takeaways. David, you you and I both
0: agreed on this. And believe me, nobody was sitting here thinking it was going to be 3-10 and 10 thus far. But we both said this season is not to be measured on the, the record – but the progress being made. yeah, And I'm sorry, and this is not coach speak talking, but when you, you were able to get a young quarterback in there who is your future, as much as he's played, that's pretty damn good. When, when you're able to get a Darius Slayton coming out of the fifth round looking like a first rounder, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. And w- when you're talking about sexy Dexter Lawrence... So, you know, he to, he, well he likes to call himself <laughs> yeah, sexy know. Dexy, uh, but but you got him and, and and we just mentioned the bakers and people who are playing for the first time yeah I understand when 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 Shermer says despite what everybody wants to say he does see progress being made because he sees guys growing up and, and that's part of that, that's
1: the pain of rebuilding with yeah. a young group And when you look at that, and what do you continue to hear out of young players when they're coming out of the draft? What's the main word? Potential. Potential needs progress in order to hit productivity. And you get progress, whether it's through adverse times or through prosperity times, that are going to lean on your career that you're going to learn from moving forward. And that's the one thing that this Giants team, because they're young, because they're going through adversity, it will help them in the future because they've never been through something like this.
0: You know, you know I'm glad you used the comparison. I'm glad he brought it up. You used the comparison of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they also have a guy who's good chance might be the defensive player, MVP in the league, (laughs) T.J. Watt. Yeah, T.J. Watt. Yeah. I I mean, there's a difference. And look at the Giants, as miserable as it has been, and we've all been here, you know, and all got to see it, each and every one of those losses. But other than the Vikings game, that's been the frustrating part of the season. This team with all the youth on it, and not the defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, they were in every game. Yeah. Every game to the fourth quarter. Yep. And some of them late in the fourth quarter. So, you know, you know um, that, that comparison, David brings out an excellent point. You're talking about a team that had a, has a stellar defense. It's a difference. Yeah. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to Connecticut and check in with Marco. Hello, Marco. How are we doing? You're on with Russ and David.
4: Hey guys, happy holidays.
0: Same to you, Marco. All the best, you and Thank the family.
4: You. I appreciate it. Thank you, Russ. Um, David, there's two guys I wanted to ask you about. I'll, I'll hop off and listen uh, to give you some time to speak about them. The first guy is uh, Nick Gates. I don't know. Uh, I'm jumping on late, so I don't know if you have some time to talk about him.
1: No, well, we didn't. Want, uh, so it's a great – anytime anybody calls Marco about offensive line play and wants to discuss it, I will go through a tutorial with you if you'd like, my man.
4: Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, so my question about him, and there is one other uh, one other guy that I want to ask you about. But Gates, I want to know what position you ultimately see him at. Uh, I'm really pumped about his development. Um, things are good. Things are looking good. and I But he's played guard, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if he's played right tackle as well. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: he played okay, left tackle so in college at Nebraska as well, too.
4: Very good. Very good. So, okay, and you're you're the ultimate utility guy for the Giants. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you think about him. But the other guy I want to know about, and, and this some I stumbled on him the other night. Matt Rule is a name that keeps getting rumored around all different types of coaching situations in the NFL. He was and my assistant
1: offensive line coach here, Marco. I know him quite I, I, well.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. So when so when I uh, when I was thinking about you, David, I was like, you know what? When he's on, I'm going to call him up. I'm going to ask him what were his impressions of Matt Rule's an assistant offensive line coach, and what do you think he could be as an NFL head coach? Thank you, guys.
1: Okay. Well, we'll start off on the first part. Obviously, with Nick Gates, great job filming in, starting in his first first season start. As a NFL player, starting at right guard, didn't give up any pressures, played extremely well. We saw the pull that he had in the open space where he actually took two for the one Saquon Barkley touchdown run, which was incredible. And the thing that you love about Nick Gates is versatility. He can play all along the board. He can play interiorly. He can play the tackle position. I definitely think it's more of a right tackle, if need be, than left tackle. My thing is, is I feel like he's a better guard in the inside than he is a tackle let alone a center why do you think that because i i just think his his versatility but more importantly his body type the way that he plays his technique and fundamentals fit more into you know confined space almost like a phone booth fighter where you can do that when you're at the guard position where you have to have controlled aggression at the tackle position the one thing that does scare me about that though Is the fact that we have Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler who look like they're going to be at guards for a long time. So that's the one thing. Can he fight and scratch and weigh to earn himself as a starter in one of those spots? But one of the greatest things about having a player like Nick Gates, whether he is starting like he did this past weekend or if he's a reserve, His versatility allows you to suit up players at other positions when you're talking about in week 12, week 13, week 14, and this big stretch into December because you know that there's other positions that are going to be injured that you can only have maybe one offensive lineman up and where that would normally be possibly two to three if you don't have versatile guys. But when you have a Nick Gates, you can have him up and put more people in other positions up on that day. In regards to Matt Rule, I absolutely love Coach Rule. He did a tremendous job uh, of helping us out when he was the assistant offensive line coach. You know, I've spent time with him when he was at Temple and everything. He's done a tremendous job at Baylor. You know, the one thing that I will say though about you know somebody who's going to come in to this organization and take over as the head coach of the New York Giants. The one thing I would just truly love is is if that coach had experience as a head coach and it wasn't a first time head coach.
0: But let, let's, that's the only thing that I will say. Let, let's just be careful. You know, I don't. I don't think you meant it that way. We're, we're talking about. Uh, taking over the New York Giants. Pat Shermer is the head coach of oh, the New no, York Giants. Oh, no, I, uh, you no. Know, you no, know no, what i I'm Yeah, saying. of course. I, 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 and, and, and quite frankly, yeah. I'm going to say this flat out right now, I expect Coach Shermer to be back. Yeah. You know, everybody ha- has those questions. This has been all part of a rebuilding process. By the way, Shermer and the organization loves uh, Nick Gates. Yeah, I, they, why shouldn't and, they? And,
1: and, and, He's a guy that would fit right into our offensive line room. Is that right? Yeah. yeah tough, hardworking, dedicated, loves the game, is willing to fight for four-plus quarters regardless of what the scoreboard says. Those are the types of guys that you have to have on your offensive line. And, and like I was saying, I wasn't answering in regards to No, I know you are, and I just wanted to make sure nobody's without calling a and yeah. accusing without, you of that. No, no, without right. a doubt. I was just answering but, the question but, about my experience with Coach Rule.
0: But, but um, you, you know, and and Shermer, Pat Sherman brought out a good point uh, this past week that Gates is very much in a similar situation as Beal. It really is technically, you know, it's not officially their rookie season, but it is like their rookie season. It is. Obviously,
1: he was on injured, injured reserve last year and hurt. But what was the thing that you loved about Nick Gates throughout that entire time? He was at every meeting. He was at every practice. He was standing there learning, diagnosing this offense, learning the X's and O's of everything so that when he came in this year, it would have been a smooth transition for him knowing that he invested the time. That's not mandatory. He did that on his own, and that says a lot about his love for the game and what this team means to him. Well, it's you know what they say,
0: you want it. You keep talking about how much you want it. Show me Show how it. much you want it. without a and, doubt. And that's what coaches want to see. It, you know, again, you've heard this till we're all blue in the face, big blue in the face, if you will. <laughs> um, you've all heard about the culture change, the culture change. Well, the culture has changed. The, you know, I just finished talking before I got on the air here with, with Saquon, and when I was talking to him about the locker room, that despite the losing, there was no dip in morale, there was no dissension. And I had asked him, if he felt the need as a team captain, you know, as captains do, to make sure that there was no dissension or loss of morale. And he brought out a point. He says, no, I I didn't have to do anything, and neither did anybody else because that's the attitude and the culture in the locker room. Now... You've never seen finger-pointing any of that stuff
1: this entire season.
0: Now that said, now the culture has to go take it to the next level, that being a winning culture. Yep. We've already got the characters or the character of people, but
1: now we have to turn it into Ws. You always say when you lose, don't lose the lesson. Learn from the mistakes that happened in the past and don't repeat them in the future. 201-939-4513 Two zero
0: one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Uh, again, folks, if you subscribe to the Giants Audio Podcast, got to remind you, please make note that Big Blue Kickoff Live now has its own dedicated podcast, so you can subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, or your, any of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, again, Big Blue Kickoff Live no longer available in the Giants Audio Podcast, so please subscribe to Big Blue Kickoff Live Podcast. You can still watch or listen to. The show on giants.com and the Giants app, and that's at 1:30 p.m. every day. Let's now travel down to Florida and check in with Victor. Hello, Victor. You're on with Russ and David.
5: How you doing, Russ and uh, David? Uh, David, by the way, you were one of the, my favorite uh, player along with uh, Sean O'Hara. And, Ross, uh, uh, I just want to say something about the Giants. I've been a Giants fan for over 50-something
0: years. I had a feeling it's been a while. I
5: I saw the 1958 championship game at Yankee Stadium, you know, December 20th, uh, 19-whatever-it-was, 1958. Mm -hmm. And uh, Frank Gifford, one of our our best uh, players, actually lost the game for us. But anyway... To make the long story short, here's what I want to say. Shermer, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's in a learning process just like the rest of them. Uh, The the player seems to like him. And uh, I feel that the Giants right now have a nucleus of a real good football game. I give him two more years, and I guarantee you they'll be in a
3: Super Bowl. I don't give a damn
0: what anybody says. Well, from and your mouth to God's ears. I love Goodbye. it, Vic. Have a good day. You guys have a great show. All right, Bye. Victor. Thank, thank you, Victor. You. Happy holiday, buddy. Merry Christmas and happy holidays yeah, you. to you, Victor. I, I think we'll all sign up for a
1: Super Bowl appearance in two years. No question. Without a doubt, we will. But, uh, you know, obviously, he, he's making great points. His... You know, when you have a young team and you're learning how to coach them, it, it's not easy. You know something? That's, that's an interesting
0: point. And, and it's not that, you know, listen, Pat Shermer's a veteran in the national football league. Absolutely. You know, before he got here, was the, he was the assistant coach of the year in the NFL. Um, but when you are coaching, especially a young team and it's rebuilding, yeah, you are learning with them because you, you're also yeah. learning
1: about them.
0: You're learning what they can do, what they can't do. You're learning about their character. You're learning a whole bunch of things,
1: and you're doing it while a lot of players are getting injured as yeah. well. And there's a rotation of a lot of different names and faces that have to all be on board and on the same page. You know what? That's an excellent point. With all our talking today,
0: other than mentioning Evan Ingram, I mean, think about the injury. He had the- so that will because Evan Ingram is now on injury reserve and having a surgery. It makes it official that. All the t- receivers, you know, yeah. and c- calling him the receiver. The quarterbacks, be it Eli or Daniel Jones, never had the full complement together. All no. the weapons at one time. Not once this season. It's Not crazy. once. I know. Not once. 201 is the number. Let's go to Jeff in Rhode Island. Hello, Jeff. You're on with Russ and David. Hello, Jeff going once hello. hello hi
6: guys hey uh merry christmas and happy hanukkah same to you, you jeff alberting and then to you and everybody else at the uh, show as well i i've uh, been been a caller since the very beginning and uh, i listen just about every day but uh you know guys i've been a giants fan uh, just like the prior call i've been a giants fan since the uh, talking 10 years and uh you know, I don't have another 30 years to wait for another <laughs> championship. So please, please, please give me some hope that there's uh, something will get turned around sooner than later. Can you uh, do that for
1: me? I, I did my best to give you two and four years, Jeff. I'll try my best now as well. Yeah, no, but you, you know, Jeff, f- fair point. But you, you know what?
0: Um, I do think there's hope. I, I, I think we're looking at a very... I mean, it's a baby's team. I mean, think about it. And we you know oh, we' we're, yeah. we're, we're talking about Daniel Jones. We're talking about defensive backs. You know who's the oldest guy on it on a defensive line? it It's Leonard, Leonard Williams. Williams at twenty six. twenty six. Leonard Williams. He's an old geezer at twenty six. Think about that. Oh,
6: I know, yeah. Well, you know, it, it takes time to gain the experience. Time is the key factor there. So, uh,
1: great point, Jeff.
6: You know, uh, uh, I'm uh, running uh, out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but you, you know what,
0: Jeff? You think about what you just said. It goes to show you're a veteran fan. It, time, it, it, the experience. Well, yeah, and the young guys are getting that experience, and maybe, yes, maybe that yes. that experience timetable was rushed up this year.
1: No question. Oh. I mean, there was guys that were thrust into positions that didn't think that they're... I mean, who would have thought that by week four that Ryan Conley would have been wearing the headset yeah. and calling the defensive plays and everything like that for and being the captain on that side? Nobody would have expected that. Oh. Or the oh. injuries yeah. to the wide receiver position. Or we can go through a list of them. But the thing that I th- think about and that keeps my positive aspect is, number one, I've been through a tough season like this. I lost the last eight straight games. My rookie season and you yeah. could see the guys who were around you who were character guys that were going to fight no matter what and in 2004 a lot of those guys who weren't fighters were gone and the other thing that i look forward to is the fact that with this young team that's getting a unbelievable opportunity to learn through this season un- unfortunately it's been adverse times but sometimes when you go through adverse times you learn more than through prosperity Because when you lose games, you dissect every single inch of what went wrong. And sometimes when you start stacking wins, it's easy to put some of those insufficiencies under the carpet because you got the result that you wanted. So knowing that they're learning from this process, they're learning through adversity of a young football team, and my big factor, knowing that you're going to have close to $100 million in salary cap, getting quality veteran character players that don't only talk about the right thing, but do the right thing by their actions to lead a young football team, that's something to get excited about as a Giants fan. You know, Jeff,
0: yeah, yeah. you, you yeah. know, Jeff. Um, one, other, you're, one, you're, other, one other thing, Russ.
1: Go ahead, boss.
6: Tom Kennedy, wherever he is, he's not too happy with the Giants either. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. You, you, you're dating yourself now. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you know, but, but, Jeff, I see, you didn't have to tell me – you were from Rhode Island. See, so it gets put, put on the screen where you're from. You didn't have yep. to tell me you're from Rhode Island because you know when I knew you were from New England? As soon as you said, I've been a Giants fan since the Packington days. Tarkington. I knew right away, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> happy holidays, buddy. Well, you know, uh, people up here, a lot of them don't remember that uh, the Giants were New England's uh, first football team. There you yeah. go, buddy. All right, Jeff. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Okay. Merry Christmas, Jeff. Now, one guy, David, one guy I know who had himself a nice Sunday night was our buddy Len in Columbia, Maryland. Lenny, you had yourself a nice Sunday night, did you not?
7: Well, first of all, happy holidays, guys. All right, happy Happy holidays. holidays. And, uh, you know, much health and happiness as we go forward here. Um, Russ, you know, Coming down that escalator, I only have to come from one level, which is good news. Right. Um, coming down that escalator on Sunday night, you know, I think, you know, high-fiving strangers, <laughs> slapping strangers on the back, yep. everybody smiling. And, you know, I realized why I own those personal seat licenses, why I've got those season tickets, why I drive 400 miles round trip eight times a year it's a beautiful feeling
1: it is it is It is. you
7: can't you know winning you just you just you can't you can't get enough of it
1: no that feeling feeling after a game winning you can't do you know
7: you guys you guys know uh just to see that win. you know with eli a quarterback i mean that that's worth the price of admission and you know much more than that yeah it was a just a great great moment I'm gonna save that ticket, though,
0: Russ. Well, you should because first of all, you're a terrific fan, Len. But but you know what? As you said, it's for everybody. You, you yeah. know what it was like sitting in the press box watching this unfurl giant. And and it, to me, it was more than just Eli. It was Eli and a oh, yeah. and a miserable losing streak. Like you like you always would would call up each week and say, Russ, Paul, David. This has to stop. This has to stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was able yes. to stop. We're sitting in the press box, and you know what? It was the first Sunday that I'm. And it was a long time of driving home with a smile on my face. I'm happy. You got the no, music going. It's true. I'm listening to the music. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I'm waking. I, and I can't wait to get into Tuesday because Tuesday we're gonna. I'm starting with with uh, Paul. It's Big Blue kickoff. Uh, and I can't wait. And then I know I got David with me uh, on Wednesday. And it's yeah. a positive vibe. And the the entire building. Yeah. It, it's yeah. like an elephant got off everybody's chest. You're right, yeah. Len. Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
7: yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a beautiful time of the year, and that win on Sunday and. You know, all that's uh, being able to say goodbye to Eli there at the stadium— uh, incredible. I mean, just, just, just incredible. That's yeah. a great word, David. I mean, just, just incredible. Hey, listen, let me try to feed into a couple of things you've been talking about. Some ideas I've had for, for kind of a, a long time as I, you know, try to analyze what what a winning teams have. That losing teams don't. And, you, you know, a couple of things. It's, it's really more than a couple of things. But let me just mention a couple. And you, you've alluded to them along the way, both of you, actually. The, the, the core of the team needs to be four- to eight-year guys. I, I think if you look back at the most successful teams.
1: Most, more than 50% of their roster are fund. in their second contracts.
7: Yeah. Is that, uh, uh, you that's know, a that, fact. That's where the core is. Well, and secondly, the thing that has always kind of stood out to me when you look at, you know, you look at winning teams, senior leadership. You know, of course, the whole team is important, but senior leadership at every level is really important. And I know you guys have talked about that a little yep. bit today. Um, we're just not. You know, we're just not there yet. And, David, whatever it is, 80 million, 100 million, whatever, I I really hope we can bring in some senior leadership because I think that's the next step. Uh, you know, our friend from Rhode Island talked about he doesn't have much time. I'm in his category
8: too. So I want it to happen as quickly as possible. And,
7: and I think getting there, getting there. You, you know, we got to go out and spend this money wisely. But you know, we got to th- we got to think seniors. We've got to yeah, bring I senior agree. leadership in. I agree. Team. What do you think about that, what- David?
1: know. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you because once you started talking about, you know, you know players within their fourth to sixth year, I mean, I know that this is a fact. I mean, you look at our 07 team, our 2011 team, and you look at those teams that have successful runs, more than 50% of their roster are on their second contract. So you yeah, have yeah. that veteran yeah, leadership. Those, They've it, gone through really that those, experience. Really
7: those four- to eight-year-old, yep. eight-year guys. You know, and even, this, you know, something as simple as these are guys who – you know, Russ, you, and, and David, they know how to get on an airplane and fly to a city and handle themselves on Saturday night and prepare for the game on Sunday and get ready again for practice on Wednesday. I mean, it's a whole, you know, and if they've been in winning locker rooms, that even adds yeah. to it. But he, but you know, it what, you know what, Len?
0: Let let, you, Len? let let me bring out a point to you, buddy. Uh, and yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, about leadership. And as you say, from you know, for, uh, David, four to eight years. But... What's also important is to make sure that the young guys that you have and the guys that you drafted, those there's leadership there. Oh, and, yeah. And I can guarantee you yeah. uh, Daniel Jones is a bona fide leader in the same – area that Eli is a leader
1: and and Saquon Barkley is a leader there are leaders on that team oh no question the one thing I will say where I'll go along with with Len is is that the one thing that when you do have veterans that have experience going through a tough season like this with younger players they know how to hold each other accountable they've been through it before where the younger players haven't some of these players that are on our Giants team that are starting right now haven't experienced an NFL season, so they don't know what it's like. But when you have a veteran team or veteran leadership that can control the locker room, that can do those things on and off the field, yeah. be mentors yeah. to those guys, that's yeah. what yeah. makes that next step and that next leap yeah. huge. Yeah.
0: Len, yeah. We, we got a, got other calls, buddy. We got oh, to move okay. along, so okay, thank man. you. Hey, go Giants. Let's win these two games. That's you, right, you got man. it, Len. Talk to you next time, buddy. Thank you. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to Brooklyn, my old neck of the woods, and check in with Mike. Hello, Mike. You're on with Russ and David.
8: Russ, David, it's an honor. Um, listen, I, I'm gonna, I know you're pressed for time. I'm just going to go through some quick points and see what you guys think.
1: Okay, take oh, a seat on the couch, Mike. We'll be your psychiatrist for the day. You got it, buddy.
8: <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I am really impressed over the last three games with DeAndre ba- uh, Baker, without a doubt, he he he, ha- he has stepped up. It seemed like the switch went on. I mean, he he see- he gets it. I think I, I, he's he's been out- He's been an excellent. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he, in college he was he was the guy that they avo- you know, the other team avoided. I think he's going to be a very good cover corner. Um, and I'm really excited about the growth. Hopefully, that occurs during year number two. The second thing I've been noticing, they um, uh, own Buchanan a lot more in the last couple of games. Um, hadn't seen much, you know. I hadn't seen him involved much, but uh, I, I think he is. Um, uh, the last couple of games has stepped up his game, and I, I he probably has been on the field more. Um, in, in the last couple of games, than he has uh, since he joined the team. Um, Leonard Williams, one hell of a football player. Uh, like you guys said, mm-hmm. um, uh, he, he you know he might not have the sack, but when Zimenez um, got his sack. Away, it, it, Lennon Williams was the reason for it. That's exactly Mike. The reason for it. You're hitting and the nail right on the, the head. Run, and it's amazing when you see a guy that big start off on the left uh, on the left side of, of the um, on the left side of the line, and then he's making a tackle on the right side of the field within five yards of the line
0: of scrimmage. Mike, as uh, we, Mike, as we said, and thank you for the call, buddy. Got to move along, but but
1: he is a disruptor. That's what he does. And think about what we talked about, that disruption in the A and B gaps and what it means to the outside defensive ends on their rush arcs. Look at the impact that Justin Tuck had moving from defensive end to the three technique over the guard to create those one-on-one matchups for the guys on the outside that are difficult to help. That's what Leonard Williams brings to this Giants defensive line. Now add in the upcoming draft or through free agency, a dynamic pass rushing defensive end. That's a one-two combo that is tough to deal with and as an offensive line and as an offensive coordinator, okay, how are we going to chip slide to help here when there's two of them? Now all of a sudden you're taking a tight end out of the game because he's going to chip to one tackle and a lot of times you'll use a running back for the interior defensive lineman by checking his linebacker and then releasing to try to chip through the B-gap. All right, listen, this is very important. I need you
0: involved in this, okay? and, and I need Nicole involved in this. You oh, know, I see it now. We know how to sing happy birthday yes, on the count of three. One, two, three. Happy, happy, birthday birthday happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Big, Big. Ed. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, you. to you. Big Ed in Maryland, how we doing today,
1: buddy?
9: We are doing so wonderful, guys. Can y'all hear me good? We
1: hear you good. We hear you loud and clear, my man.
9: Oh man, King David, Master Russ. <laughs> <laughs> what can we say, right? Isn't it beautiful? Then we just have just the most beautiful weekend ever. Amen. <laughs>
3: Vitamin W. Our
9: brother, man, our brother is going to eventually leave us. Our brother Eli. Oh my gosh, the stories. King David has plenty of road trip stories. The two most important road trips ever. The- both Super Bowl runs. That that was beautiful, you know, and then it's like the first few games he played the first couple of seasons and that forgettable game unforgettable game against Philly when he throws Plex to. uh the touchdown pass to beat the Eagles in overtime. You know, you know, oh, Big Ed. Man, I just have so many wonderful, wonderful, great memories. Thanks, Eli, so much. We you, you, love him, love him, love him. You know what, and Big Ed? I will be there this Sunday to He's watch. Let him go. He's <laughs>
0: It's his birthday. You, you're going to Washington cool. this Sunday.
9: Yeah, I'm already here. I'm going to be at the game. You know, when Giants always come to D.C., it's always a fun
0: game. Big, big fun. You know what, Big Ed? When when you start talking about the two games, you know, of course, the two Super Bowls, the one game that will always stick out for me is the second Super Bowl season. San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I mean, he took a pounding like nobody ever took a pounding. And, man, you know, that that's why I always say you look at somebody's personality, don't let the, the Mayberry RFD oh, exterior yeah. fool you. He's as tough as anybody who's ever put on a helmet, shoulder pads, and cleats. That consecutive start streak doesn't happen by accident. <sighs> My goodness.
9: And then, most importantly... He did the greatest thing of all. He did it the giant way.
1: Yes, he did.
9: We can never ask for nothing better than that. Oh, my gosh. But you tell the guys I said, what's up, John, Lance, <laughs> Jeff, <Jesus." laughs> oh, yeah, tell them him happy birthday and everything because Jeff is near us right now. So huh? it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Big Ed. Big
0: Ed, happy, happy, happy birthday. Life, Enjoy we the weekend. Together. we see each other soon. Enough. All right, brother, take it easy, Big Ed. Happy birthday, happy Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, whatever you want to do. Kwanzaa, I don't care. It's a joyous day. It is. Uh, but g- listen, what a difference one lousy win makes.
1: I've been saying it for years. Oh, Vitamin my, W cures my goodness, all, doesn't it?
0: Just one win
1: and and it just changes the entire disposition. I mean, just think. Think you talked about it. My drive home after sitting there watching the Giants win everything with Eli, I got the the radio listening to the guys do the post game. You're just you're in the best mood possible. You know, I'm usually listening to the post game. Not this time. I had,
0: uh, you had music going. <laughs> I, 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 I had I had station 49 yeah. on Sirius Soul Station Soul Town. <laughs> I, I listened to the Temps and the Supremes and. Reeves and a Van Del- No, I'm uh, serious. Yeah, it was just you're in a giddy mood. Yeah, my, I walk into the house. My wife looks at me. She says, "Look at the smile on yeah. you." But yeah, I it mean, changes everything. It does change everything. It does change everything. But listen, as David has always said, nothing beats vitamin W, and that is winning. But anyway, folks, that is now a wrap-on today. want to thank everybody for being part of it, in particular, the lovely Nicole Barros at the controls, always taking such care, good care of us. David, the two-time Super Bowl champion, my buddy. Uh, to my left, I'm Ross Salzberg. I thank you, to you, the fans, because without you people, we'd have nobody here to be talking to. And again, Big Blue Kickoff Live every day at one30 And I will see you next Tuesday, also at 1.30. Until then, have a good weekend and let's get another W.